Welcome to Take Notes, SMB Global Rating's structured finance podcast and the credit events of your day. Tune in as your hosts, Jim Manzi and Tom Shoplocker, explore hot topics across the structured finance and global markets. Hello and welcome to Take Notes. I'm your host, Tom Shoplocker, and today I'm joined by SP Global Ratings analysts Antonio Farina and Marta Escutia, who are going to discuss the outlook for sustainable covered bonds. Welcome to the podcast, Antonio and Marta. Thank you, Tom. Happy to be here with you today. Hi, Tom. Good to be here. Covered bonds are debt instruments secured by a cover pool of mortgage loans or public sector debt to which investors have a preferential claim should the issuer default. For those who need more background on this asset class, I refer you to our Covered Bonds Primer from 2019 or the related podcast that I did with Antonio around the same time. S&P Global Ratings doesn't formally define sustainable covered bonds. And in fact, there are no legal definitions of green, social, or sustainable bonds. However, I will provide some of the key features that are broadly accepted by the market. These include a formal commitment by the issuer to use bond proceeds to finance or refinance loans using clearly defined environmental, social, or a combination of environmental and social, in other words, sustainable, criteria. Programs are typically based on issuer sustainable bond frameworks, which are usually verified through independent external assessments. Finally, issuers attempt to replace eligible assets that have matured or been redeemed before the maturity of the bond with other eligible assets. The availability of cheap central bank funding for financial institutions has caused overall covered bond supply to drop since the beginning of 2020. Focusing on sustainable covered bonds, how has issuance played out in that subspace, Antonio? Issuance of uh, green and sustainable covered bonds has increased substantially in the last couple of years, even though traditional covered bond issuance was down 30% in 2021 compared to 2019. Benchmark sustainable issuance doubled in 2021 compared to 2020 to Euro 17 billion, and it now constitutes around 18% of the overall covered bond issuance, from less than 5% in 2018. The sustainable covered bond market is also diversifying in terms of issuers and countries. A record number of uh, financial institutions entered the sustainable covered bond market for the first time in 2021. And green or social covered bond issuers increased from less than 15 in 2018 to almost 50 in 2021. The largest countries in terms of sustainable issuance are traditional covered bond markets such as France, Germany and Norway, but new markets such as Korea are also growing fast. Investor demand is generally strong for sustainable covered bonds. More diverse investor base is looking at these instruments because ESG dedicated funds, which typically would not invest in these covered bonds, are also placing orders. But even traditional covered bond investors view sustainable issuance favorably. Most have introduced qualitative or quantitative ESG consideration into the investment policies, and green or social covered bonds tend to perform better in their ESG analysis. Overall, it appears the lack of supply rather than demand is constraining further growth in sustainable covered bond issuance. So with lack of supply being the main force limiting the size of the market. What are the key drivers of covered bond issuance, Marta? Thank you, Tom. In our view, there are three key reasons to explain this limited supply. First, 
ISRAs may struggle to find sufficient eligible covered pool assets to match at least the amount of outstanding sustainable covered bonds. That is because the underlying assets must meet the criteria of the ISRAs green and sustainable framework as well as the existing eligibility requirement for covered bond collateral pools. Furthermore, the identification of eligible assets may also become difficult due to the lack of loan-level information or access to public registries that may contain such data, including energy performance certificates. In addition, setting up green or social covered bond programs is more complicated and also more costly than an unsecure one. On the market side, for example, ISOR must adapt their information technology systems, check energy certificates, and adapt loan contracts in order to receive the required information. Finally, the pricing differential between vanilla and green issuances is greater in the senior and secure than in the covered bond space, which may mean that issuers may favor the former. However, as demand for sustainable product rises and as the regulatory framework becomes more supportive, banks may be incentivized to issue sustainable covered bonds as a funding strategy as well as a means to improve their environmental, social and governance credentials. So you touched briefly upon the regulatory environment. New regulation governing sustainable issuance is rapidly evolving in Europe. To what extent could this development support sustainable covered bond issuance? Sustainable finance plays a key role in delivering the policy objectives under the European Union's international commitments on climate and sustainability. The EU has recently approved, amended and proposed several regulations that follow the full investment cycle. This includes the regulation on sustainability-related disclosures, the taxonomy regulation and the benchmark regulation. The two initiatives that appear to be more relevant for covered bonds are the taxonomy regulation as well as the European Green Bond Standard. The taxonomy regulation came into force in July 2020, defining sustainable economic activities according to the EU. It identifies six environmental objectives and explains that an economic activity substantially contribute to one or more of these objectives in order to be taxonomy aligned. On top of that, such activities should not significantly harm any of the other environmental objectives. It should be carried out in line with the minimum standards. It should comply with the technical screening criteria. The technical screening criteria constitutes the operational dimension of the taxonomy, explaining what constitutes a substantial contribution and what is expected to not significantly harm any of the other environmental objectives. The European Commission published in June 2021 the technical screening criteria on climate change mitigation and climate change adaptation objectives, under which the sector of construction and real estate activities are particularly relevant for covered bonds, and this is because of the high share of programs that are backed by mortgage loans. The Green Bond Standard is a proposed regulation that was published in July 2021 that intends to set up a common framework of rules for the designation of European Green Bonds. The key components under the proposed standard are the funds raised by the bonds should be used to fund economic activities that are aligned with the EU taxonomy. Second, it aims to provide for full transparency on how the bond proceeds are allocated through detailed reporting requirement. Three, all European green bonds must be checked by an external reviewer to ensure compliance with the regulation. And lastly, these external reviewers must be registered with and supervised by the European Securities Markets Authority. Issuers will be able to issue European green bonds even if they are not fully taxonomy compliant at the time of issuance, but if they are so within a period of 5 to 10 years according to a taxonomy alignment plan. While these initiatives may increase the burden on issuers and investors in terms of transparency requirements, 
They also provide greater clarity for banks planning to issue green and social bonds. Now, environmental, social and governance, or ESG, factors are becoming increasingly important to investors. European authorities appear to be focusing mostly on the E component, or green, covered bonds. But what about the S component, or social covered bonds? Social covered bonds raise funds to finance or refinance social projects, such as uh, affordable housing or public lending, and currently constitute around 25% of total sustainable covered bond issuance. It is correct to say that uh, European authorities have prioritized so far green bonds, for example, by setting first the technical screening criteria for two of the six environmental objectives under the taxonomy regulation, and have not yet covered any social objective. However, the new platform on sustainable finance is working on this. Established as a permanent expert group by the European Commission, it is currently advising on further development of the EU taxonomy and supporting the Commission in its preparation of delegated acts. A separate subgroup on the social taxonomy is looking at extending its scope beyond the environmentally sustainable economic activity to other sustainable objectives, such as social objectives, the so-called social taxonomy. And in July 2021, the platform published a draft report on the social taxonomy. The draft report argues that social taxonomy would help investors to identify opportunities to find a solution around uh, ensuring decent work, enabling inclusive and sustainable communities, and affordable healthcare and housing. While the report is advisory and the Commission has not yet taken a decision on whether to proceed, the platform advice will feed into the Commission report on the potential extension of the taxonomy framework. Okay, thank you, Antonio. Marta, do you expect that the increase in sustainable covered bonds? will increase credit risk for covered bond investors? And if so, how will S&P Global Ratings set forth to analyze this risk? We incorporate ESC credit factors in our rating analysis through the application of our sector-specific criteria when we think that the ESG factors are or may be relevant and material to our credit ratings. We define ESG credit factors as those ESG factors that can materially influence the credit worthiness of the rated entity or issue and for which we have sufficient visibility to include in our analysis. ESG credit factors can influence ratings, ratings outlook, and the credit enhancement required for the assigned rating. Our views on ESG risks across covered bond programs are established by analysts during industry portfolio discussions. At present, they are generally qualitative as there are currently limited ESG data points consistently available for collateral pools and other transaction characteristics. In our published rating rationals, we aim to provide more insight and transparency of any ESG credit factors that are material to our credit ratings. For instance, if an ESG credit factor is a primary driver of a rating change, this will be disclosed in our rational. Environmental and social credit factors may affect the quality of the assets in the cover pool and the results of our collateral analysis. If, in our view, an environmental or social credit factor presents a material risk to the repayment of the rated securities, it could impact the credit enhancement required to achieve the given rating or potentially constrain the maximum potential rating. Governance factors, on the other hand, may affect the uplift that we assign to a program above the issued credit rating. 
uh, governance credit factors will typically affect either the ratings, the rating outlook, or the number of unused notices. Where we define the number of unused notices as the number of notices the issuer credit rating can be lowered by without resulting in a downgrade of the covered bond program, everything else being equal. The issuer's designation of covered bonds as green, social, or sustainable is immaterial to our credit rating analysis. We do not review or monitor use of proceeds, the process for project evaluation and selection, the management of proceeds, or any ongoing reporting relating to the eligible projects. Failure of the issuer to comply with these obligations will not constitute a breach of nor trigger any consequences under the program documents. As a result, we do not believe the sustainable designation alters the program's credit risk profile. Switching gears now, let's discuss outlooks. Certainly, market conditions were challenging in 2021. But what are the expectations for covered bonds, sustainable covered bonds in particular, in 2022 and beyond? We believe that sustainable covered bond issuance should grow further in coming years, supported by strong investor appetites. Overall, covered bond issuance should rebound once central bank monetary policy tightens. This should also leave sustainable issuance because several banks delayed their planned green or social issuances due to reduced funding needs. The lack of a greenium, a pricey difference between a green and vanilla bonds, will remain a negative factor in the near term. However, a normalization in monetary policy and an increase in interest rates may allow for a differentiation between yields and vanilla versus secure issuance, with the latter benefiting from a wider investor base. At the same time, upcoming bank regulation may reduce the cost of setting up a green or social covered bond program versus an insecure one, because financial institutions will need to comply with new regulatory transparency regardless. Finally, Several regulatory and market initiatives to identify the eligible assets, arguably the biggest constraint to further issuance, should facilitate the identification and ultimately increase the availability of such assets. I'd like to thank our guests, Antonio Farina and Marta Escutia. Their recent publication, Sustainable Covered Bonds, a Primer, is available on our website, www.spglobal.com forward slash ratings. You can also find the Covered Bonds Primer from 2019 and the related podcasts at the same site. We'll catch you next time on Take Notes. To subscribe to Take Notes or to view our analyst research, go to spglobal.com forward slash ratings. Thank you for listening to Take Notes with Jim Manzi and Tom Schopflocker.